Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I'm Charlotte and I'm Helly and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about the things that aren't usually discussed but that can help us all to grow. In each episode we catch up about what we've been up to, share something we've been loving and then we go on to discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to right now but the kind of thing a lot of people probably aren't talking about. If you enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, we would absolutely love it if you could just hit subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on and also just leave us a five-star review because it really does help other people discover the podcast. So it's a beautiful, sunny Saturday morning. I'm feeling very energised, alive and happy for the weekend. How are you? Oh, same. I, I don't know if it's been the same for you, but the entire week here, it's not been hot, but it has been sunny literally the mm-hmm. whole week and it has mm-hmm. changed well I don't want to be dramatic as it's changed my life but it kind of has yeah <laughs> it just makes me feel so much better I mean it also might have to do with the fact that I went to the pub this week <gasps> I still haven't been I don't have another booking for I don't have a booking for another week sorry like oh that's I, not that long I know but I'm jealous I would love to be sitting in a pub garden with a fresh beer or an Aperol or just something. <laughs> uh, well, I was I was really apprehensive. I mean, I know we discussed it before, but I actually, um, our local pub was on the news about how well they'd handled it and oh. it showed the, their footage. And I've, I've, I grew up going to this pub. I know exactly what it's like and they have a massive garden area. Like it's huge. And the way they'd set it up, I saw it on the news and I was like, I'm good with that. Like I can... I can handle that. So we went for for dinner and drinks on Thursday. Also had a garden party with some friends over, only six, obviously. Um, It's just, it's been weird because it feels weirdly normal. But then also you remember how long you've not done it for and it's such a thrill. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what? I feel exact, I completely get what you mean because in my mind, part of me is like, oh, things are back to normal because yesterday I needed to pop to the shops and I could pop to the shops. Yeah. But then I'm also like, oh yeah, don't forget your face mask and sanitise your hands and don't get too close to anyone. And it's really weird, isn't it? But I think I've definitely been taken at my own pace. I got my nails done. Life is better. Oh, nice. Um, Oh, I'm loving it. There's like a cool, funky, 70s, squiggly, colourful print going on. I'm absolutely (laughs) loving it. Um, And I've gone to like HomeSense and HomeBase to pick up some bits and pieces I needed. But I'm taking it slow, partly because I can't get a booking to eat anywhere, but also <laughs> because I don't want to rush into it because I'm also conscious that I have seen people like flouting a couple of rules here and there. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm not going to get myself stressed out about it. I can't control what other people do. Yeah, I definitely recommend going on a week weekday evening because I don't think I could hack it on a Friday or a Saturday, but going on a Thursday evening was like definitely manageable. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give that a go, I think. I might try and find somewhere local. 
it's nice to make the most of the weather. But um, do you want to share your recommendation for the week? Oh, yes. Um, so I mentioned it briefly last week because we almost had a very similar recommendation. Um, and mine is a hair product, or actually is a combination of hair products, because I've always had not frizzy hair, but it kind of goes wavy after the first wash and very beachy, which I like. But then after the first day, it's just a ball of frizz and it doesn't stay tame and it's a nightmare. And I've tried everything over the years and it's made my hair too greasy or too heavy. And eventually I just gave up. But then since being back in the UK, my hair has been awful. I don't know if it's just different air different moisture I don't know, I do what, know what you is. mean I, I do know what you mean I laugh I yeah yeah I have no idea what it is I'm not an expert but um I bought the new oil elixir from Frizzies like the John is it John Frieda I think it is yes. yeah Frizzies and oh my god like I well, I bought it with the featherweight wonder serum so I don't know if it's the combination of me using a serum and an oil which I've never tried before which seems counterproductive because They've always made my hair oily before. So then why would using two products make it better? I don't know. <laughs> but the Featherweight Wonder one and the oil elixir afterwards, my hair is like smooth for the first time in my life. Even when it, I let it go curly or where I've been curling it with my curling wand. Oh my goodness. it's It still looks smooth even after day two, day three. And I know it's not like groundbreaking. Everyone knows John Frieda, but... I was never going to be someone who spent loads of money on a hair product that sort even if someone recommended it, I was never going to drop like 30 quid on a hair product because someone said it worked for them. So I'm pleased that I found something that is like an affordable high mm. street option. And that new featherweight range, I think is pretty new. Um, I've also been using it with their curly hair shampoo. So combination of them seems to have done the trick. I might give that a go because I, for someone with such straight hair, I have crazy amounts of frizz like right now if I turn my head to the side you'd be able to see like all the baby hairs at the front that just stick out at an angle (laughs) which it's not a good look but I actually thought you were going to recommend the curly girl method oh yeah I think did I try that a couple of years I was gonna say have you ever tried it because I kind of feel like you've got the perfect hair for it I actually can't remember. I feel like I read about it. I don't know if I follow through. It is quite a commitment, I think. So you have to have like certain types of shampoo and stuff like that. But I feel like if you have curly hair, it can be like game changing for it. Yeah, see, mine's not curly. I'd say it's more wavy. Um, I feel like it can still work for that. Like it it can like enhance what you've got. I mean, I don't know. I have more or less poker straight hair that's just frizzy as hell nowadays but so I, I'm not I'm not someone who is versed in having curly hair but but yeah it has been a bit of a game changer so if you're looking for a mm. potentially cheaper high street option to try definitely recommend oh I'm gonna try and pick some up when I go into town later I think um what's your recommendation this week I've got a podcast this week and oh, I have been so excited to tell you about this podcast that I've had to stop myself texting you several times. And it is, um, it's called The Panic Years. It's by Nell Frizzell and it's the podcast that kind of accompanies her book that she released a couple of months back. And essentially it is interviews with her and people who she knows from different industries talking about their panic years, which is kind of like, I feel like it's the period of life we're entering where everyone around you sort of, like is passing those big milestones and maybe you aren't or maybe things aren't going to plan and that like feeling of dread 
sets in and you think you're the mm. only one in this private hell but actually it happens to everyone it just happens at different times it is so relevant to last week's episode I couldn't believe that I discovered it on the Sunday after we'd like recorded on a Saturday <laughs> um, but I love it I've listened to five or six episodes this week and she talks about so many things there's a lot of talk about infertility and decisions to be child free and that sort of thing so if you're interested in those kinds of conversations, definitely go give it a listen. Um, but there's lots of other conversations too. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed listening to her and so many of her guests discussing these things. And at the end of each episode, she gets on a professional to talk through the issues that have been raised. So it's like an someone who is, maybe it's a therapist, a psychologist, someone who is an expert in that area comes and has a bit of a chat with her for 10 minutes at the end so it feels like it's really it's not I don't want to say just two people's opinions because you know people in glass houses but it's really I don't know it's just a really brilliant podcast highly recommend I feel like you're gonna love it yeah I love that I feel, I feel like if you have an expert it makes it like you said it's more than just people's opinions it's more like feels more practical and more backed up and kind of gives a bit more weight to the fact that more people are experiencing this than just the people having the conversation. Totally. And there's some real value there as well, I think, to know that it's not just you and the things that are floating around our heads that we're worrying about. It's like, oh, who knew? This isn't just me. It is everyone. I love that phrase. I feel like the panic years is like our version of a like the earlier version of a midlife crisis almost but yes well that's what it was and do you know what when I saw the name of the podcast I was like damn it that's a brilliant name <laughs> why didn't we choose that I, like, I wish and I love it when you discuss it you're like god I wish I had come up with that because it's it sums it up perfectly and I was like right I've got to devour the whole thing so I've been listening on Apple Podcasts, but I assume it's on every type of platform amazing I'm gonna give that a listen for sure that sounds right up my street it really is it really is in this week's episode we wanted to have a conversation about friendship but in particular how to support your friends when they're going through something that you're not familiar with or they're at a different stage in their life we spoke in the last episode about how we all have to take things at our own pace and we fully believe that but sometimes when your friend is going through something and you've not gone through it or you don't have any similar experiences it can feel really difficult to know that you're supporting them in the best possible way and offering them that kind of comfort and support they need yeah I feel like it's a very I don't know not that it can't happen at other times in life but I think when you've had very similar paths going to going to school and either going to university or going into work I think you hit a certain point where everyone does start going off in different directions like like we discussed last week but with that like there's such a range of possibilities and experiences and it can be so hard to try and relate what you're going through to what someone else is going through but Mm. at the same time those like those bonds of friendship that you have like a lot of them aren't going to go away just because you're doing different things in your life like we've again we've spoken about that before but it can make it hard to try and understand what your friends are going through if their experience is just that much different from yours. Yeah, I do think it's really important though to remember, and this doesn't just apply in friendship, it applies always, I think, that you don't have to understand or have lived 
through something to be able to show empathy and be of a comfort to someone. I actually think that's the key though. I don't Mm. think you should try and empathise. I think like sympathise but don't Uh, empathise. I've got them the wrong way around. Sympathy is the one where you haven't experienced it. Is empathy the one where you have experienced it? Yeah, so empathise, you're like trying to put yourself in their shoes, which don't get me wrong, I think can sometimes be really helpful. But I mean, we've spoken about it before. There's nothing worse than you turn to someone for advice and then they try and tell you a related story about their life because they think it's similar and it's actually Mm. not. (laughs) Yeah, I once had someone tell me that they really understood, this is like quite a trivial example, but I once had someone tell me that they really understood the difficulty I had eating out because of my severe nut allergy because they were a vegetarian. And I was like... They're just, they're not the same thing. Not the same thing. Like, I appreciate the effort that they were going to, but I was like, eh, not the same. But I meant sympathise. I definitely meant sympathise, not empathise there. Um, I always get them mixed up. But yeah, you, you can show sympathy to someone and not fully understand something and still support a friend. Because actually, if your friend's turning to you, it's because they want you to know. They want you to be present. They're not expecting you to swoop in and fix the problem. Yeah, it gets to a certain point where... You, you have to accept that you, you're you not going to have the answer. But I don't think mm. if a friend's coming to you for that support, it's because they trust you. It doesn't mean yeah. they're expecting you to offer a, a solution. And I think you're very within your rights to say, how would you like me to support you in this? Like, yeah. Do you want a hug? Do you want cat memes? Do you want us to do something together that's going to help you through this experience? Like, it's okay to ask. That's a friendship. I think that's really important as well because it then tells that other person that you're hearing them and you're hearing what they're saying and that they need your support because it is totally okay if when that person comes to you you feel a bit uncomfortable or you don't really understand because we do all have different experiences and at the end of the day someone you love and care about is hurting for whatever reason So of course you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable and a bit like you have to be able to make this better. But I think remembering that you don't have to make it better, but your role is to support and ask. If you don't know, ask. Because actually, even if you've had identical situations or very, very similar situations, what you needed in that moment might have been really different to what your friend needs now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you can't expect someone to have the same response as you. I mean, the classic example is grief. Some people, some people want to be surrounded by their friends and have like hugs and feel supported. And some people need the space to process. And like, that's the classic example. And you can't expect that someone, even if they're your best friend, you can't expect that they're going to react the same way to something that you've also been through, which is why I think it's such a great idea to ask how you can support them because they've already like we said they've already come to you because they trust you and they want your input in some way so it's fine to ask how they would like that input yeah definitely and I think it then opens up a conversation too about just generally it's a really good thing to do in any type of relationship I think to strengthen the relationship but it allows you to open up a conversation because I think when especially if it's something upsetting or traumatic when someone comes to you and you don't understand a topic it can feel quite overwhelming you're like oh my god I I don't I want to help but I don't want to say the wrong thing and I don't want to look ignorant and I don't think I don't care and it can be really overwhelming but actually if you just kind of put your cards on the table and say how can I support you 
what's the next step? What do you need? It almost takes down that barrier. Yeah, I think there's a good point there about kind of having the diversity of experiences. And I think it's very self-aware to acknowledge that your friend is going through something that you've never experienced. I think a lot of it maybe comes down to privilege or the way you've been brought up or certain life experiences. If it's like like things like fertility issues or child, having a child, like related topics, there are some things that you will just never experience because of the way that your life has been. But I don't think you should shy away from that. I mean, I'm not saying seek them out. I mean, it sounds a little bit like sadistic, doesn't it? But that's not what I mean. But I'm saying like, don't, don't feel awkward and like, just freeze up and back away and not help if you can. Because I think having those is almost like a learning experience that you can support a friend and find out something new because you're aware that it's not something that you've had to deal with before and I do think it makes you a more well-rounded person because at at the end of the day you don't have to understand it but it doesn't mean you can't listen totally and in the same vein I don't think there's anything stopping you from doing some research or thinking about whether maybe there are other people in your life who you can have a frank conversation with and maybe they have gone through something similar so you don't have to go like start gossiping about people you don't have to say who it is that's having the issue but I think if you can start to understand other people's experiences that can help you not necessarily to go and solve the problem for your friend but just to understand Mm. the intricacies like I was when I was listening to an episode of the panic years one of the episodes is about infertility and um, baby loss and when I was listening to it, they were talking about miscarriages and there was so much I just had no clue about. And I was like, God, actually, if someone close to me had experienced that, I wouldn't have known this. And I'm not saying we have to become experts in everything that can happen in life. I don't necessarily think that's um, like the healthiest thing for us all to do. But there's definitely something in there about just appreciating that a lot of things in life you don't know unless you go through it. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. I couldn't agree more. I feel like there's also when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about other like bigger things that maybe come up, especially as you do your friendships do grow and develop. And I was thinking about if you come across a situation, you realise that one of your friends has different beliefs from you, like mm. different political, religious, or like relationships, socio-cultural issues. If they have different beliefs, it can be really shocking to realise that someone you're really close with has a different belief but I think it's it doesn't mean you the right thing to do is not to jump to a conclusion or make an assumption or to judge them I mean it's not like coming across a a bigoted stranger on the internet who you're just never going to be able to have a conversation with because they're so like blinkered in their own view like you're friends because you have something in common and I think being able to have a conversation with that person it's better to try and have those conversations and approach them just with the goal of listening and trying to understand their point of view even if it even if you can't understand it for your own life situation I think that's almost a a life skill that you you have to develop at, at some point because I feel like it does come up a lot probably more than we realize yeah I think it probably comes up a lot in work situations as well yeah like not just friends but like work colleagues and you're like oh we get on quite well and we have to keep working together but now I know this thing about you (laughs) that can be you'd be like oh okay I don't know how I feel about that but actually 
you don't need to feel a certain way. You can kind of go, okay, this is a learning opportunity for me. And then, you know, if in the future they talk to you about it and they want support from you, at least you've kind of been open. You're, you're open to the idea. It's not coming as a shock. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of have the context. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, I see myself as like a open-minded, like liberal kind of person. So then I have to remind myself if I if I find myself in a situation like that, I still have to have that same outlook. I can't yes. instantly judge and make an assumption and be like, oh, well, I don't want to listen. Like That defeats the whole point of mm. what I want my outlook to be on life. And I think you can listen without having to agree. I think that's really important to remember. Yes, that's a really good point, actually. I think it happens a lot, doesn't it, where you are like, oh, I live quite a liberal life. Like, I'm very reasonable. Like, I'm open-minded and all that. And then someone might come to you for support on something and you think, well, I don't agree with that. I wouldn't have even got myself into that situation. And that little judgy voice starts coming out. You'd be like, mm, get back in your box because that's fine if that's your belief, but that is not the point. And actually, maybe your friend is coming to you because they don't know that's how you feel. And in that moment, whilst how you feel is perfectly valid, someone has asked something of you, like your responsibility in that situation is to be there for someone else. Obviously protect your own well-being but you know your friend hasn't come to you for you to preach at them or but well that would never have happened to me because I don't do that that's not helpful because whether it's a situation they've got themselves into or something that's happened to them even if they've like even if they've got themselves in the situation and you almost like serves you right they don't need to hear that (laughs) yeah I mean it goes back to what what we were saying a bit earlier that if if that person is turning to you it means that they trust you and again you don't have to offer a solution you don't even have to tell them that you agree I mean this is so situational and it's hard for us to talk about hypothetically because obviously there's an infinite number of scenarios that could happen and that your friend could bring to you but I think that bottom line is if they're a friend and you value that friendship they trust you and in turn like the minimum that you can do is listen to them whether you agree or not I think another thing to really bear in mind as well is that we all have complex lives and even if you're really close to someone from a young age there's always going to be parts of people's lives you don't know about or don't understand so if a friend comes to you and tells you something's happened particularly if it's something that's maybe upsetting or traumatic just believe them and support them because someone it goes back to what we're saying about people processing things differently doesn't it but Mm. just because you know your friend might tell you something's happened and you think well, you're saying this happened however many years ago and, you know, you behave completely normally in these situations or whatever. Just because someone is high-functioning doesn't mean they're not processing something or going through something. And there's so much value in not taking your personal um, assumptions on how someone should behave or should react to a situation to the table when someone comes to you with that situation. Like, they don't have to fit your criteria the experience to be legitimate yeah that's such a good way of putting it like you can't if someone comes to you with something they especially if it's something you've never experienced and you have a certain idea about it if you've if you've never gone through that you can't possibly put your idea of how they should be reacting like Mm. and overlay it on how they actually are reacting because that's just like we're all human beings we all have such different 
and the complex ways of reacting and living life and dealing with with big things that happen to us I don't think you can ever like we said before even if you've gone through exactly the same experience there's no there's no right or wrong way for it to look if someone has gone through something difficult or painful or traumatic whatever it is there's there's not a handbook of rules I mean it's like what we were saying last week there's no right or wrong way to do life and go through life and process things in a certain way I think you just have to again accept that and support them in what they are going through because that's their reality right now you can't put another reality that you think it should be Mm. on onto them I think as well it's about knowing that it's a process that your friend has come to in this moment for your support for and however they want that support to be but that could change and it might take a long time for them to get through a situation or it might be something that you know what they're fine after a little while but then it reoccurs in a certain situation and I think having that sympathy not empathy I'm getting it right this time Mm -hmm. but having that sympathy to go actually it's recovery from anything or dealing with anything in life is never linear there's always ups and downs it's a whole process and accepting that and knowing that and always giving that grace to say do you know what so-and-so might be off acting a bit off with me this week, but I know they're going through this thing. I don't understand it. How can I possibly know what's actually going on in their head? Let it slide. Ask how you can support, because it's we all need time. I do really think that time is the best healer. It's a cliche, but it is a cliche for a reason. Um, and you can't speed that up. Yeah, I've, I feel like the bottom line of this this whole episode is that if they're your friend, then you support them in the way that they need or you listen to them in the way that they need. I mean, if mm. if something has come up that is so devi- divisive, especially when it comes to things like opinions and beliefs, if it's so divisive, then maybe it's the point that you reflect on your friendship. But we're coming at this from the angle of how you can support your friends if they're going through something that's different from your yeah. own life experience. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? If it's someone that you care about, you you find a way to support them regardless of of how you may or may not respond in a similar situation. Yeah, and it's strengthening that bond so they know they can come to you with these things. And by the same measure, you know, no one's life is straightforward and simple. It means that you also know that you can go to them. Oh yeah, definitely. Again, it goes back to trust, doesn't it? And you're building up that that trusting relationship and how you support each other when times are, are tough. Like you have a great friendship otherwise and then but then when times are tough you're still there for each other yeah and that's I mean that's the great I think that's a great thing about adult friendships as well and growing up in friendships is saying do you know what I'm gonna check me go at the door I don't know anything about this but I completely believe what you're saying and I completely validate how you're feeling like let's work through this together how can I help and letting someone know you love them and you care about them because often that's what people need is just that reassurance that if it's something scary or upsetting or traumatic that you're still going to be there like you're not going to run away at the first sight of trouble yeah absolutely we hope you found this episode beneficial this week of course we would love to hear your point of view as well you can get in touch with the contact details which are down in the show notes um in the meantime have a wonderful week enjoy the sunshine if it's still here And we will speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.
anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.